Welcome everybody to the fifth edition of Glissa's Mic Drop. Today our special guest is going to be Noah Fant, the rookie tight end from Iowa, and he's off to, uh, I think, a nice start. He doesn't think so. He was a little disappointed in his start, he even said it was a slow start. So we'll talk to Noah about that. Very interesting guy, grew up in Omaha, uh, listening to Peyton Manning on TV, say Omaha, Omaha, and what that did for the city. So look forward to talking to Noah Fant later on in this podcast. Before we do that, let's review the Broncos game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. One thing I learned is you don't want to use the word uh, manhandled uh, when talking about the Denver defense. A couple of players uh, took issue with me on the word manhandled. Uh, however, uh, that's, that's one reason, by the way, the media – uh, cannot get too friendly with the people we cover, and that is because the truth hurts. <laughs> 229 yards in the second half, Jacksonville had rushing against the Denver defense. Leonard Fournette had 190 all by himself. There were about four or five runs where it looked like he was carrying six or seven Broncos on his back. I know a lot of that was uh, Jacksonville's blockers kind of pushing the pile uh, from behind. But still, it uh, didn't look good. Of course, he had that big 81-yard run through a huge hole. Uh, a couple people missed tackles on that as well. Uh, so it was pretty embarrassing that the Denver defense got pushed around. Let's see how they uh, buck up uh, this week against Melvin Gordon, who returns to play for the first time since his uh, uh, off-season long, training camp long holdout. And then also Austin Eckler. Uh, quite the find from Eaton High School and Colorado running backs, uh, a veritable hotbed of running backs here in this state with Christian McCaffrey, Philip Lindsay, and Austin Eckler. Going back to the Jacksonville game, what I liked most about it was how uh, uh, Rich Gangarillo called the plays. He opened up the passing game. I thought against Green Bay and went back and watched that game. And uh, yes, they ran the ball. But, you know, when you run the ball in the NFL, uh, 10 plays, you're still not very far. You're, you're like 50 yards downfield. you still got a long way to go. Uh, passing is how you get it. You complete three passes, you can get 50 yards. So uh, I'm all for opening it up. The NFL wants teams to open it up. All the rules are made so you, you pass the ball. And so, uh, you know, I think uh, the Broncos need to do more of that. I think the strength of this team is Flacco. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton. I now think Philip Lindsay is uh, is maybe the fourth uh, best player on offense, just because of uh, you know with the receiving the ball, he does run well, he does catch the ball, he is explosive, but it's still hard to get him going. And it looks like right now defenses are gearing up for Philip Lindsay. Uh, it, he's having finding a, a tougher time uh, getting those yards. Having said that. I do wish they would use Philip Moore in those two-minute drives and in the fourth quarter because he is an explosive, uh, explosive threat. So uh, air, air it out. I say pass the ball and then run. That's what New England does. New England throws the ball in the first half. Only if, after they have the lead do they start running the ball in the second half to chew up some clock. The bad thing, of course, uh, boy, this Denver defense continues to disappoint me, and I know all of – Bronco followers uh, out there. Uh, I know the Flacco interception was the turning point of the game. No doubt about it. They're up 17-3. They should have gone up 20-3 uh, at halftime. 
as it was, that turnover. Uh, Jacksonville came down, got a field goal, make it 17-6. But to start the second half, that's not on Joe Flacco that Jacksonville ate up 10 minutes and 24 seconds in the second half uh, to start the second half. And then they scored on their next drive to go up in that game 20-17. to Gardner Minshew, it was a thrill watching that guy. Some of his escapes were tremendous. I saw him in the hallway before the game as he was going toward the locker room, and I was struck by how big his trunk is. His trunk meaning the uh, quads and his calves. He's got very heavy legs, if you will. It's probably why he's not very fast, built like that, but it also helps him step out of uh, sacks, and he did that. I saw him also after the game, and I'm telling you what, he was limping. He was beat up. He had a big ice bag on his left knee, so the Broncos, if it's any consolation, did beat up Gardner Minshew. They did sack him five times. They hit him a couple others, uh, but that was... uh, that was the uh, uh, result that he still was able to escape and had two big plays uh, that result that wound up in touchdown drives. Of course, the big news after that game, Bradley Chubb, uh, with a partial tear in his ACL, he's going to have uh, surgery on that probably in another week after he goes through all his second and third medical opinions. Amazing that Bradley Chubb finished that game on a partial tear. He heard it with about 14 minutes in the fourth quarter. You saw him leave and get uh, looked at by trainers. Uh, He was in pain at that time, but he was able to uh, run. There was stability there, and this has happened. On partial tears, you can continue playing for another hour or so. Uh, On the full tears, there's just no stability, and uh, the the knee gives, and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, What's a little disturbing to me on the Bradley Chubb injury is his second one, second knee, Uh, second ACL in seven years. He had one on that left ACL as a senior in high school. Seven years later, he tears it again. I I, I don't think that's a bad sign. But Bradley is is heartened by it because he came back so well in high school. You know, he got that scholarship to NC State. He had a great college career. He became the number five overall pick. He became a top defensive rookie with 12 sacks, breaking Von Miller's record of 11 and a half. So uh, Bradley Chubb uh, actually said he's happy that this happened because it's going to make him a better man. It's going to make him hungrier. Uh, He says it's it's humbled him. And uh, that's a wonderful attitude, and I hope uh, physically it works out for him too. So uh, that's it. for looking back at Jacksonville, right now we're going to talk to Noah Fant, again, the, the fine rookie from Iowa. The Broncos traded back from 10 to 20 to pick up an extra draft pick and take Noah Fant at number 20. He has been their third best receiving we- weapon, I guess maybe tied with Philip Lindsay or, or Royce Freeman for that matter. But the Broncos spreading the ball around. They have two good receivers in Sanders and Sutton, and then the third option downfield is Noah Fant. So take a listen to our conversation with Noah Fant. Noah, growing up in Omaha, first of all, tell us what that city was like, everybody, when uh, Peyton kind of Brought all that attention yeah. with Omaha, Omaha. You know, it's a great place to live. You know, it's it's one of those cities that's, you know, not too big, not too small. Um, and I had a great time living there um, and, you know, was a part of a big family. So I uh, knew a lot of people in Omaha and had a lot of family members there. 
Well, what about the Peyton Omaha? Did you guys talk about it in high school? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. we, you know, obviously <laughs> when watching the game, you could hear them, you know, yeah. checking, um, audible, and they say in Omaha, Omaha. So uh, it was definitely something that's pretty cool. And, yeah. you know, we had, definitely had high schools that used it also when we were uh, oh, know, really? playing, yeah, playing in Omaha. So um, it was something, you know, pretty special. It's known for the work College World Series. You go to a few games there? Oh, yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. I, uh, have been to a couple College World Series games. It's definitely an experience. Um, you know, a lot of uh, different teams that come each year, and you know, it's fun to go. And you know, sometimes you might not just watch the baseball, but you, like I said, you get to see um, a bunch of people that you might have known. It's a kind of a close knit community. Uh, mom and Dad had six kids. You're the youngest. Mm-hmm. Tell us about Mom and Dad first of all. What they do? Yeah. So uh, both parents are um, uh, computer software engineers. Mm-hmm. Um, so they love working with computers, love coding, all that stuff. And uh, so, yeah, they had uh, three boys and two girls. And mm-hmm. um, so I was the youngest out of all of them. So, uh, you know, definitely was spoiled a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> you know, definitely had a lot of older siblings to look up to also, which was a, a great thing. Did you have to play up then uh, in the uh, sand lots, in the schoolyards, the backyards? <laughs> you know, always playing against older kids. No, yeah. So I was, there's actually a pit pretty big gap. I was uh, a surprise baby, so my, the closest sibling to me is uh, um, 10 years ten years older than I am. Wow. So, um, so yeah. Those surprises a, always turn out the best. That happened yeah. in my family, too. <laughs> I wasn't the surprise. But then, <laughs> uh, how did you wind up at Iowa then? Uh, was Nebraska your favorite college growing up? Yeah, so I mean, my, my dad was a big fan of Nebraska, and mm-hmm. uh, for me personally, it was just, I just loved watching football, so I, lo- I watched all kinds of different teams. Um, which kind of helped me in, you know, my recruiting process. I didn't have any bias, and I just kind of visited each school um, for what they were. And uh, Iowa was the best fit for me, and, uh, you know, I was able to go there and have a, have a good career. Yeah, you wound up with uh, another real good tight end there, uh, T.J. Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. What was it like uh, splitting time with him? Because, I mean, I think you made some All-American squads or All-Big Ten squads, and yet, uh, in some ways, you're a 1B mm-hmm. to Hawkinson at Iowa. Yeah, no, it's just uh, you know we we uh, split time there, and um, you know it was a, a, a de- definitely a dynamic duo we had, and um, definitely was a great time. What? Uh, tell me the biggest adjustments you've made, you've had to make since the Broncos selected you, number twenty. Yeah, I mean it's just um, just a different atmosphere. It's different than college is. Um, you know, you're getting you're getting paid to do it now, and um, so there's different aspects to the game, and it's you know the game's a lot faster. Um, up on the NFL level, so it's just adjusting. Do you feel like it's a job, I guess? It's more, I don't know, in college you spent, what, three to five hours a day? I know more than most people think, but it's eight to 10 to 12 hours a day in, in the NFL? Yeah, and I mean, it's a job, but it's also, you know, you're getting to play the game you love for mm-hmm. um, a living. So it's, you know, um, you definitely spend more time doing just football, um, but you know, that comes with the territory. So. I know when you got drafted by the Broncos, you weren't thinking 0-4 start. Mm-hmm. How, how has that been for you as a rookie breaking in and still looking for your first win? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, it's a team effort. And we, you know, we have to clean things up and, um, you know, try to get better in that aspect. So uh, I've been a part of teams that, you know, had rough starts. And, um, you know, we're just trying to, like, like I said before, just trying to clean up all the uh, mistakes and get our first win. I think... Uh, when you were drafted, because you're in the first round, people thought you would be used. 40 catches was kind of like the over and under as far as what your expectations. You're a little bit above that. Mm-hmm. How, how do you think it's gone so far? Yeah, I mean, I think for me personally, it's you know been kind of a slow start. 
Um, you know, I definitely think there's more to come. There's more that I can do. And, um, you know, it's, it's all, you know, just kind of progressing in our offense. It's a complicated offense, especially for the tight end uh, group. We have to know a lot of stuff. So um, it's just a progression of, you know, getting more comfortable in the offense, getting more comfortable playing. And, you know, each week, each week it gets a little bit better. You've made some catches we haven't seen from the tight end position in a while. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. <laughs> that's the fun part. Yeah, yeah, that's the fun part. And you know, there's also been some plays that weren't so fun that I had to improve mm-hmm. on. So um, you know, it's it's been a great a great thing, just kind of learning and progressing um, as we go. How about off the field? How has the adjustment been there? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a little different than college. Um, college, you know, you're you usually live with those guys. You live, you know, you live with. You have roommates that are on the team and things like that, which is a little different um, here. You know, everybody kind of, you know, has families and goes home and things like that. So um, it's a little different in that aspect. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, we all come in and, you know, get to play football and do what we love. So um, we all come in and, you know, have a great time with each other. All right, thank you, Noah. Yes, uh, Noah and uh, TJ Hawkinson, um, the, the first uh, tight end duo from the same college to be drafted in the first round in the, the same NFL draft. Quite an accomplishment. And uh, not, uh, you know, uh, before there was only really one tight end in these offenses, so you wouldn't think that would happen. But to have two, uh, that is something else. And they're both good receivers. Hawkinson had a, uh, a very good opener for the Detroit Lions. Not much since. Fant has steadily uh, improved and gotten better. Um, let's look ahead now, and thank you to Noah Fant for that conversation. Let's look ahead now to the Broncos taking on Phillip Rivers and the Los Angeles Chargers in the uh, soccer stadium. They're calling it now uh, Dignity Health Sports Park. They got uh, a little bit of a naming rights there for the Chargers. Uh, it seats 25,000 and change. And the first two years that the Broncos played there, uh, I would say it's better than 50-50. Maybe the first year it was 70% Bronco fans. Last year, maybe more 60% as the Chargers were having a a good year. Uh, I think it might be 50-50 again uh, this time. Bronco fans travel well, but I'm not sure how many will travel given the team's 0-4 start and the fact San Diego's coming off a 12-4 season. So uh, Broncos underdogs, again, the whole story about uh, this one is the Broncos are 0-4 and never in Broncos history, not even in the vertical sock days, did they start a season 0-5. And they are the odds-on bet to uh, lose this game and start the season 0-5. Can they pull an upset? I, I do believe they can. It won't be as easy without Bradley Chubb because pressure on Rivers is paramount to beating the Chargers. Uh, Phillip is not a mobile quarterback. Joe Flacco is Kyler Murray compared to Phillip Rivers when it comes to mobility. Rivers has made up for it over the years with this extreme uh, quick release. In fact, I would say after Joe Namath, the quickest release I've seen uh, on an NFL quarterback. And just a pure passer. When he's in rhythm, when he's on a roll, uh, no one's better than Phillip. But he's mistake prone. Uh, he throws interceptions at bad times. He can get, uh, he, he can be strip sacked uh, early in his career. Um, first half of his career, I should say, really had a problems with fumbles and getting sacked. He's done a much better job on that. So turnovers, mistakes, 
And, and of course, right now the Denver defense is, 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 not, uh, is not the unit to do it. They have yet to have a takeaway. I think that means they're due. This would be the right game for them to get the takeaways and pull off the upset. Last year, they picked off Phillip Rivers twice. Chris Harris had one. Von Miller had another, and the Broncos uh, uh, got the win. Uh, Case Keenum with a terrific uh, final-minute drive uh, to get the Broncos into field goal range uh, to win that game. Um, Flacco, I think, is playing well. I think he's playing well enough to pull this game out for the Broncos. I like that Skane Gorillo's opened up the passing game now. He needs to continue to do that. Um, I, I do think that's where the Broncos' offense needs to go. They can run the ball, but actually Vance Joseph said this uh, to his credit. Uh, running the ball is how you move the ball. Passing the ball is how you score. And I think that was the Broncos' problems in the first three games. Did a much better job of that. 24 points, their most in eight games, and I think it's because they put it up. Flacco was 35 out of 50 for 303 yards, three touchdowns, one unfortunate pick. Uh, the defense made it, uh, that pick look worse than it should have. So the other thing here is the Denver defense. They have to stop Melvin Gordon, who's got fresh legs. Uh, he might be a little rusty, uh, having uh, held out all the way since uh, last season until last week when he came back and practiced for the first time. He was a contract holdout. Austin Eckler is uh, a Philip Lindsay, maybe a little bit more as far as multi-purpose. He does a little more in the uh, receiving game. He has three touchdowns rushing, three touchdowns receiving. He has 220 yards rushing, 270 yards receiving. So clearly a multi-purpose back. I'm sure the Chargers are still going to use him. Keenan Allen is by far uh, Philip Rivers' top re receiver. Um, I tell you what, Mike Williams hurt this team last year. I think Mike Williams has got a chance to be a superstar, but he's just played second uh, fiddle to Keenan Allen. Williams has been banged up a lot. He's got a back injury now. Big receiver, good speed, great hands, been inconsistent. Uh, if he has a ball game, watch out for him uh, in this game too. So it's not going to be easy. Uh, Melvin Ingram is not supposed to play in this game, one of the Chargers' best pass rushers. The Broncos have always had problems with Melvin Ingram. Joe, Joey Bosa is, uh, is ready to go, though, uh, so the Chargers uh, will have a, a decent uh, pass rush, will be good up front. Uh, but I do think that the Broncos um, can make hay uh, on the back end of the Chargers' secondary. Again, uh, in the soccer stadium, uh, not a bad place to play if you're on the road. Special teams beat the Broncos the previous time they played. Travis Benjamin had a punt return for a touchdown. That, uh, that bad punt there by uh, Riley Dixon kind of led to his exit, which led to uh, Marquette King and then Colby Wadman, who, by the way, has been punting really well. Uh, Brandon McManus bounced back nicely. Uh, Garrett Bowles has bounced back nicely the last couple of games. So we'll see if the Broncos can do it. They have to win. If they don't win, they're the first team in Broncos history, and this is their 60th season, the first team in Broncos history to start 0-5. So see if they can pull off the upset there. Thanks a lot for listening. And uh, next week we'll talk uh, leading into, let's see, Kansas City's the Thursday. Tennessee, Tennessee Titans come to town. The Broncos are one-point favorite in that game. Maybe they can beat Mariotti and, and, and company for their, for their first win if they don't get it this week. So 
I tell you, it's a big game. If they can pull out a win here against the Chargers, then you get the Titans next week. Maybe the Broncos uh, can get on a little bit of a roll and have a respectable season. Not a playoff team. We know that by now. I think they're a little short all the way around on the roster. And, and the whole adjustment to the new coaching staff and Fangio system. But uh, they can have a respectable season for sure if the Broncos do beat the Chargers in this game. Thanks again to Noah Fant, our special guest here on uh, Cliss's Mic Drop. And we'll talk to you again next week.